buddy, oh buddy, oh buddy, welcome to another episode of Thirsty Thursday. For those of you that are tuning in for the first time, Thirsty Thursday is the day of the week where we take our opportunity to hang out, have a good time. Sometimes we like to invite on, invite on a member of the community. Sometimes we just answer answer questions. And tonight, tonight we have a guest who's been here before, but damn it, he's back. And for good reason, we've got Cam with Elevated Lawnscape. Sir, how in the hell are you doing? What is going on? How y'all doing? How y'all doing? <laughs> we, we chilling over this way. That's good, man. <laughs> good. Listen. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I'm glad you're back on. Uh, I'm sorry for the pre-show there. It was it was kind of hectic. and uh, and But you know what? We got it figured out. We're here. We're here now. And uh, and it's and it's go time. Uh, talk to so, me. It was. So, oh, go ahead. No, you 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 go. You go ahead. I'm, I'm gonna go. I, I'm gonna go. I got. I got two things I gotta say here. I, I gotta okay. do. I gotta say two things. <laughs> Number one, I'm excited that Cam's back because Cam has uh, one of my favorite attitudes of anybody that we've ever had on the show, and that is to learn shit. You got to break some shit, and he's all about yeah. it. So, yeah, that, he is. He is our guy. He is our guy because that's how we learn too. And I'm also, I, I, you know, we see how hectic it was for you, Matt, because clearly you didn't have time to do laundry and you had to gla- grab the last shirt that was left in your closet. Um, this guy right <laughs> You know, the one. The... <laughs> Look at that thing. This guy right here. Look, Look at that thing. I grabbed it and I was like, you know what? I'm going on Thirsty Thursday. This is a perfect leisure shirt <laughs> for Thirsty Thursday. It looks like there's a longer <laughs> a gap in shirt. between the. It looks like there's some longer gaps in between the buttons, which means you get a little bit more chest hair out of that two-button rule. I like that. You're you know? damn right. You're damn you got a good right. Tailor. You so, got a good tailor on that one. Uh, true story. My wife bought everyone in the family lemon shirts. Well, the girls got lemon dresses, and me and my son got lemon shirts. Makes and we sense. did I pictures it. one time wearing lemons. But I still rock it from time to time. I don't give a shit. I think I like, I like my hey, lemon. Hey, I, I like it. It's fresh. I like it. It's citrus. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> I'm a fan it, of citrus. It, it, it looks cool. Okay, Matt? It looks cool. I mean, because. Thanks, uh, Ray. I appreciate it. And, and you know what? Uh, I'm looking at that shirt, and it's almost like. That's almost like you're all set to be walking around with the fam in Waikiki. Exactly. Or on on an island somewhere where no one will ever find me again. Either or, I'm perfectly okay with Mm -hmm. either, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Well, preferably the island where no one will ever see you. Yeah. So so Matt's coming out tonight as a lemon fertilizer producer. That's actually what this is all (laughs) going to find. But Cam, (laughs) Cam, uh, Cam, uh, he's come out as a tall fescue lover in mid-Atlantic. And how it, it, it's been an interesting year there. I've been following the weather quite closely. Yeah. I had some sod that came out of there uh, a few weeks back, and uh, I was following it closely. And every time I looked, I was like, ooh, that doesn't look good. So yeah. what has it been like here the last, say, like, oh, four to six weeks? So I'm going to say the past four weeks, four weeks ago, not too bad. Not too bad. Like, I, I'm going to be honest. I was cruising. Like, it's surprisingly enough, I have been cruising this season up until about three weeks ago, which was my fault. And I think we'll get into that. 
Um, mm. But soon as July rolled around, and I've told people this, and uh, once I did my climate appraisal, I started looking at it, and this is when I realized why my disease pressure and why disease and everything kicked up so much in July. July is one of our wettest months here in Maryland. So you couple that with heat and normally it's coming from thunderstorms and it's always mm. late evening rain and everything else. Yep. And my backyard is shaded, so it doesn't really dry out that much during the day. And humidity is on a thousand percent. It's problems. <laughs> it is. It, it is problems. Um, so uh, outside of that, man, and we have literally had after Tuesday, we have now had seven inches of rain in the past week and a half, almost two weeks. Mm. Mm. So yeah. I'm uh, I'm battle I'm battling in the back right now. I'm I'm battling. It's, um, but it's defense time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am I am battling in the back, but. Front yard, all my full sun areas, man. My fun, my full sun areas are loving it right now. Front yard, oh, cakewalk. Um, the areas that are in my backyard that's like full sun. I, this is probably those full sun areas. It's probably the best that they've looked since I've been working on the yard. Mm. Shaded right, so, areas. So- that's a different story. Well, I, I think I, I, we'll talk about that because I remember some of the, the fence lines and some of the things that you got going on in the back <laughs> mm-hmm. that are kind of wacky. Yeah. And yeah, I definitely want to go through that. So, you know, has uh, here's my question. Since the last time you're on, which was just about a year ago, has anything changed? God, that look good. Can you put that back up? Man, my shorts are getting tight. Yeah, look at this. Badow! Badow! Ooh. So when was, when was this taken? Oh! <laughs> I think that one was probably that specific one was I think early June. Okay. Okay. Looks good. That was probably early, that was probably early June. That was actually today. That one was. Oh today. come on, man! Listen, that's so it's that's one here. of the full. That's one of my full sun areas, and and oh, okay. like I said, I was like I think that is one of the best. Like between that and the front yard at this point. Are probably looking the best that they've ever looked. They're pretty good, man. I can't, I can't complain about that. No, that no, that's that's good. I mean, we're we're July fourteenth with a thousand percent humidity. The kind of humidity where you go outside and you take a deep breath and you're like, yep. I wish I hadn't have done that. That was disgusting. Yep. <laughs> and your grass looks like this. You're doing good. You're ahead of the curve. That's uh, this is you, you. There's there's a threshold to be met, and we've exceeded the threshold. Things are great right now. Yeah, so I, I, I can't complain about those areas. Those, those areas I can't complain. You, y'all then what me. are you gonna Ryan, complain about? Right, I'm, Ryan, I'm, you know I'm you looking at your stuff. pictures here. These all look I know, good. I know, I know. All right, so then okay. If this is the, here's here's uh, this is setting up though. This is good. This is setting up yeah. because all this means is. Matt Ray, we're not here to talk about the big stuff. It's time to start splitting hairs, right? Or slicing lemons. Yep. You know, you're up at the bar. (laughs) There's no lemon callback. No customers in there. Yeah, you got to. You got to. All right. So, (laughs) you know, your biggest concerns last year, you know, uh, you kind of highlighted and hit hit him at him right there as you're going through the intro. But 
after you came off the show last year, like, you know, what what did you think? Right? Like, hey, I took I took in XYZ. How did you apply it? What worked? What didn't work? And maybe what else did you encounter that you maybe didn't expect? Kind of just take us through the latter part of last year, kind of jumping into this year. Yeah. So uh, what I did do, um, I went down with a little more for in the fall last year than what I did the previous year. Um, trying to, of course, set up for the change in my uh, fertilization for this year. So this year, I actually wanted to get into doing a little bit less as far as at the beginning of the year in that spring time frame, and then also get on the cycle of focusing on putting most of my fert down um, during the fall. Uh, so of course, I knew there was going to be a little bit of a transition. I didn't know how the lawn was going to react to that um, this year. And looking at my front yard, as the season was going on during the spring, it, it was not happy with that transition at all. Um, but what I did, what what I did implement was really? PGRs. So we started talking about PGR. Yeah, the front yard didn't it. Hey, hang hang on. Let me let me back you up right there. You said it didn't like the transition. What what did yeah. you encounter going into spring? So I had, I think it was a little bit of our weather though. It was slow waking up. Mm-hmm. Like super okay. slow waking up, tough spring. Um, and yeah, and and I think that was a little bit of weather had a little bit to do with that also. Um, but once it got up and going, it's like it just didn't have the energy. Like it just didn't have enough food um, to kind of grow. It never really. I never really had a spring flush like in my front like I normally do. Um, even before mm-hmm. I put the the uh, the PGR down. Um, and then How once late gonna, did you make your last application last fall? Uh, it was the last day that I could, November fifteenth. Oh, well, no, okay. I, okay. I was done. I was done before then. No, I was done before then. I was two weeks before that. So my last application was the end of uh, end of October because I was two weeks what? ahead of that. What do you uh, do? You recall exactly how much in you applied then? And, I, and I'm just asking the, more for just personal knowledge, not not critique yeah. or anything. And that's I wanted to kind of talk about that. So in the fall, I ended up with like a pound and a half that I put down between about when I did my overseed. I overseed it early, so I end of August to about the end of uh, October, and that was about a pound. I put out a pound and a half of end down during that period of time. Okay. okay about that. Wait, and, you know, and some of I this would... might go ahead, Ray. You know, some of this might be due to having new grass as well. Mm. And I don't necessarily consider a lack of a spring flush a bad thing. You know, right. it's not. Uh, I don't think that that's the worst thing. In fact, I think that that is almost desirable not to have a spring flush. You know, the grass is steady. Right. Right. It, it just it just seemed that it like the color, like the color just wasn't there. Um, it, it it just seemed a little it just seemed a little off like it was always. And then um, what I when I kind of noticed it was a little hungry is that I could see like some pea spots of some animal 
like that was mm-hmm. in the yard and you could see where they'd green up in certain areas a lot more than, I mean, almost, I mean, it was like a night and day difference in green. And it looked more like that green that I was used to seeing when I was had a little more furt on the ground than, than what I did this year. At what point of the spring did you notice that? Uh, it was, it was after this spring. March, I gave it April? All, no, I gave it all to spring. I didn't even touch it. I kind of stepped to the, I stuck to the plan and oh, you I started didn't apply any fertilizer this spring. So I, my first application was in April, like end of April, end of April was Damn. my first application was my first application was the end, was the end of April. Um, and Damn. then to the weather was, I was looking at the weather and I, and it just, it was, it would kept getting cold. Like the ground just didn't, it yeah, the grass yeah, wasn't yeah. growing. So I was like, I'm going to at least wait till it kind of starts growing a little bit. And then that's when I'll, I'll kind of help it along. But it, it was taking so long. Like I, I was like, all right, man, we, it's, it's time to get going. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. But I, but I held off, um, I held off and, and once it kind of got going, I was like, all right. And I only went down with a half a pound. Like, so I saw, I went down with a half a pound, then, um, something light and just got it going. And it, it, and that's when it kind of took off. It kind of got going, but it wasn't. And then come about, I say June, I put that application down end of April, rolling into about June when the temperatures and stuff started to warm up and everything started to get going. That's when I kind of started to see that, especially in those full sun areas, that it just wasn't like it was, it was struggling a little bit. Looks a little hungry there. That's that's for a different reason, but that's about it. Didn't get quite that bad. That's a different reason we're going to talk about later on. No boy. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um. Uh, so that that is, and I I got to say, in your your area, um, I'm not super familiar with it at all. Uh, but I know y'all are a little <laughs> bit colder than I am. But you know, you're you're you also get sweltering hot temperatures like we do down here as well too. So, yeah. um, to so me, I think, so Matt, I'm, tip, I'm typically late like April a month. Late. It was later than normal. Yeah. It, uh-huh. it was later than normal. Um, and typically we're, I mean, just talking with Polo and then like some other Southern States, I'm normally a month. I'm normally about a month behind um, where y'all are. Okay. Makes sense. Hmm. So, what do you, what do you, what do you, what, what's, what's going through your head over here, Demay? I'm curious. I'm I, I'll tell, I'll tell you what mine is, but you know, I'm, I'm the, I'm the, the true green, you know, I'm the true <laughs> green guy over here. So, Get me paid, bitch. Hey, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, well, I'm here for free version. Guess what? I'm going to be putting down too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. <laughs> and you know, I, I can't. Even though Cam would never be on this list, but you know, you never know when you're going to go on and give somebody a, uh, you know, a thirty oh oh double app spite application. You know, <laughs> oh, oh oh, you don't like mowing your grass, huh? I'm I'm making it hard oh. on you. Oh, 
Yeah. I just went from G to, you know, from G for grow to L for lush. And uh, oops, lush. I went over it twice. <laughs> Sorry. So uh, actually, okay. that's uh, that's more for the people no. that complain that my grass is not green enough. <laughs> okay, dude, you oh, want you it want green? It we'll fix that. We, we, we'll, you gonna learn, boy? <laughs> yeah. See, learn. now Ray's got Ray <laughs> names for all these apps, like, and, and they're usually like death apps. Right? Like, you know, you got Soul Stealer, you got Chernobyl. What Ray did? He's named. Yeah, he's named this one Hugh Hefner at the mansion on a Friday night. That's what that one's called. <laughs> it's going to grow, and you're going to have a mess all over the place. So. I, I like the name, the, the Hugh Hefner. We, we just need to call, just call Just call, hey, what'd you do your lawn over there today? Oh, I gave it to Hugh Hefner. Really? <laughs> My goodness. You need a towel? <laughs> Well, I anyway. mean, there's there's Hugh Hefner, or else there's also Larry Flint. Yeah, there there is Larry. Flint. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah. Larry either way, either way, yeah, I was gonna say either way. There's it's probably a good idea to uh, you know get a cotton swab and uh, you know get things checked out for you. But all right, so <laughs> back to Cam's questions here. Um, you know, I don't have a problem with the you know you, you shut it down in november especially in your location and you don't make another app now preceding the pound and a half how much total end for the year did you put down last year so i ended up at about just, uh, 375 is where i ended up at the end of last okay. year and if oh. i recall if i recall in yeah, it's been a year, but I, I I remember numbers like crazy. I want to say that your uh, climate appraisal form was probably like in the three point eight to three point nine, something like that, probably. Yeah, it was just right around four. Yeah, yeah, just under, under four. four. So you hit that number and backloaded, you know, about forty percent of it. But I think that. So you know, the things I would say there is, um, I'd be interested if you backloaded it just a little bit more, right? If you bump that up to like 50% of your end going out in those last, you know, say 10 weeks of the season, something like that. And, uh, you know, every year is different, right? Like, you know, I've had years here in Ohio and we're probably not quite a month behind you, but I'd say at least two to three weeks, right? Uh, and I've had months here, or, or excuse me, springs here where we haven't fertilized in the spring until like after Memorial Day. Right, because we rode out that that late season, all that fall app, right, and just let it go mm -hmm. because we didn't want to, you know. There's no need to push growth, and the whole idea that oh my god, if you put spring end out, listen, I I will go ahead and disagree with that. When I was on the golf course, I I was deathly afraid of that for a variety of reasons. However, when I got to sports surf, and it was like okay, hey, like we need to grow some fucking grass like right now because they're playing on it, destroying it, and it's you know we got to do something never never saw any of those issues right and matt could talk okay. about you know uh nc state he's a big nc state turf files guy right even though they're not in the sec yet but they probably will be sometime next year um they will be they will be the sec is going to swallow them all up dude they will what be. are you talking about 
<laughs> I'm, t- I'm telling you, NC State. You'll be in the I mean, NC State. I'm not against beat it. Somebody. I'm, I'm okay, but you <laughs> right should beat somebody. If it's not, <laughs> if it's not the lemon shirt, it's the UT jokes. Here we go. What do you got next up there? <laughs> do we need to talk about it? <laughs> sidebar, sidebar, keep, sidebar, sidebar. I got to keep you on your toes. All right. So, but the NCSU stuff, no right? Toes. So, the uh, <laughs> little nubs, little. Did you uh, manufacture? If a hand's so. worth fifty thousand, what do you think? Of, what do you think five toes is worth? I don't Ten know. Anyway. tops. Yeah, two thousand a toe. That seems fair. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, back to our original thing, the NC State thing, right? So they, uh, you know, they put out that uh, information here on Tall Fescue and specifically uh, for Brown Patch, right? A few years back, mm-hmm. right? You remember that Matt, where they basically like looked at, hey, if we throw out like some absurd uh, rates of nitrogen, I'll see if I can pull it up here. Of course, DeMay freezes in the middle of that. But what he's talking about is um, NC State conducted a test, and there was a couple other universities that were along along with it, but uh, they were just really racking up the nitrogen rates through the course of a season uh, from urea uh, on monthly intervals or quarterly intervals and, and starting at like one pound and working their way all the way up to like six pounds of actual nitrogen. What they saw was that, there was a, not a lot of statistical difference um, in terms of the amount of brown patch development that took place among those. And so it kind of called into question over a two-year period as to whether or not um, is nitrogen a direct contributor to the development of brown patch disease. And, uh, you know, again, this is, you know, a two a two year window that we're looking at. So it's hard to say that with definitive proof, that's 100 percent of the case, 100 percent of the time. But it definitely should alleviate some of that fear that if you're in nitrogen deficiency symptoms uh, under uh, underfed symptoms, uh, you know, supplying a little bit of in to uh, 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 in, into that type of window isn't necessarily a bad thing. I think I think it's where where Demay was going to go with that. Yeah, man, I I um I think that it's I think it was just a little underfed. Um I think it it could have it could have used a little bit more. Um so what I'm going to do is I my plan going forward is exactly what Demay said. Um I'm a back in so which I was what I was trying to do is get into that cycle. Um I'm a back load it a little bit more. Um this season I'm planning to go down with probably Two and a half, because um, right now, like so, about more so close to three quarters of my uh, end will be going down in the fall. Um, so right yeah. now, I'm just at like a pound and like a pound and a tenth, or a pound and two tenths on the on the yard right now. My backyard is only at a pound right now in the backyard. Um, so I'm gonna I'm kind of spoon feed it through these next. Six six weeks or so get me into September. Um, I'm gonna do some light overseeding and stuff on my edges, and then it's vert time. Like I'm I'm probably dropping my goal for my goal for this fall is probably gonna be about two and a half. Probably about two and a half uh, this fall. Uh, two and a half to two uh, two and three quarters. Uh, Bennett, I've only got a pound on the ground right now. 
Well, and, and so uh, and, and I I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, especially with fescue. And and again, I'm I'm going to give you the volume lawn care take on this. So this is you know understand this isn't going to be for everybody, but this is the way we did it when when you know we're you're trying to manage 600 properties kind of thing. Is you know again that fall load down where I have the competitive advantage in this scenario is is that you know I may not have my first freeze until uh, uh, Thanksgiving, right? And so really. Right. Through Thanksgiving. And even then, you know, normally we're still cutting all the way up to Christmas. And so, you know, I can make that last application December 12th, December 14th, take off the, the, the rest of the season. And then, you know, th- in February, things are starting to wake up. Right. And so I'm coming back out. You know, we have a couple 70 degree days in February. Everybody's outside walking, you know, put down uh, yeah. half a pound in three quarters of a pound in and everything is just electric, you know, now granted, I'm still <laughs> going to have weeks where I'm dipping into the thirties and coming into March, I may have a, you know, a, an inch or two of snow come down kind of thing. Right. But it's going to go from an inch or two of snow on one day to 50, 60 degrees the next day. So, you know, I'm, I'm not too concerned about it. And, and it just, it, you know, everything's electric at that point because, uh, I, I, I ended the year, uh, with it, you know, pretty, pretty crispy and and you know wanging and then i started the year uh you know as soon as i had that first semblance of of a decent warming trend on on my radar then i'd go ahead and and hit it again not saying that's for everybody again where i am in the south i have the ability to do that shut up jesse shut up get (laughs) close youtube go somewhere else um (laughs) damn it jesse Right it's just going to go back come on and flip his, anyway. his flip his I, glasses at his back. I put him in time. Out, don't worry, Matt. We need <laughs> so, so one, the real one thing about, <laughs> so one thing that you was talking about, Matt, as far as like your, your time period. Um, so we'll sometimes we'll get some of that too. Cause like the other year we, I was still cutting in December. Um, mm-hmm. last year was a, last year was a pretty warm, warm one too. I wasn't cutting in December, but things were still green. Um, it, it, it pretty much stopped growing, but it was, it was still in there. Um, but the problem is, so we've got our FERT blackout. So we've got a FERT blackout from, yes. uh, yes. November 15th to, uh, March 1st. So March 1st is the first time that we can go down with FERC. But to be honest with you, it's not really the front, the the back end of that blackout that hurts us because we're not really warm and stuff is not really growing around that March 1st time period anyway. What gets us is having to stop, having to cut it off so early. Um, because mm-hmm. I believe if we could, if we could get a little bit more time on that front end of the blackout to where we could get like that last app down beginning of December-ish, something like that, mid-December, because the grass is it's growing slowly. Um, but, I mean, at that point, it's not really probably uptaking any, much of that nutrients anyway. So, I mean, it would probably I think be all right. The, the reason why they have to do that, and, and, and this, is, this is the part I have to look at objectively and, and try to, to give a, a uh, sound reason to, right, is that, you know, again – you know, lawn care is going to be the the the, the bastardized ver- bastardized version of of agriculture, right? We're the bastard children of agriculture, and so, you know, when you if if we're allowed to load in the fall, 
uh, then farm is going to be allowed to load in the fall. And the problem is, is that they may be like drilling anhydrous ammonia and they may not be oh, drilling yeah. like a quarter, a three quarters of a pound, like we would be, or a half pound, like we are, they may be drilling like two to three pounds of in. Right. Yeah. yeah and then, yeah, yeah. so they're doing that in December and then they've got frozen ground December 15th. Well, now yeah. all of a sudden they've got yeah, frozen no. ground with yeah. three pounds of in loaded in it. Right. Because mm-hmm. you, know, you can tell farmers yeah. like that's not the appropriate method of four R's and uh, they're going to be like, Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Drill it, baby. So again, I, I get it. And it does, it, it puts you at a, at a, quote unquote competitive disadvantage. I, I don't know who you're competing against. You're not competing against anybody, but um but it I think I think that it it will uh shift the burden of uh of of responsibility on on uh, uh turf grass response on your on your spring application. And so I'm in in my opinion and I probably wouldn't have figured this out until I went through exactly what you did, but like you've said now, you know a little bit, a little bit heavier load in the fall when you do get the opportunity mm-hmm. to uh, within your your range, and then in the spring maybe a little bit earlier in your spring application too uh, yeah. to to go ahead and kick that up as well. But you know, again, that's one of those things that you know trial by fire until you know you don't yeah. know. And that's and that's kind of what I'm doing, and and that's I'm, I'm kind of yeah. making adjustments and everything. So another thing to look at is my CEC. So my C, I'm sitting on basically sand over here. Um, mm-hmm. my CEC is like, uh, I think it's like a four one or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, yep. so it being able to hold nutrients, I, that's why I'm, that's why I spoon feed so much. I mean, it's, I mean, CEC is low four four eight um, on, on my CEC. So holding nutrients, spoon feeding is what I've seen the better response, those smaller doses more frequently um going down and i just think i could get away with those smaller doses earlier probably next season than what i did this year just to kind of get it going because i think it's just going to be starving coming out of uh coming out of winter probably yes you are actually a case for the low rate spoon feed and Conversely, looking at the CEC, you might not benefit very much from trying to load in too much at one time anyway, because I don't see anything in here that's going to retain it. Yeah. Actually. So why load it if you can't hold on to it? (laughs) Yeah. And and, and I, I haven't done that. I haven't made an application more than, so that first application that I went down with, that was a half a pound has been my largest application this this season. Everything else has been less than two tenths. And and this is it's been a lot less than that. Most of them have been uh a tenth is, is really where I've been. And I think the next one was two tenths. So that's kind of what I've been doing, uh doing with the more frequent applications and uh, they've just been smaller, and it kind of helps the lawn stay a little more consistent. Um, I think that what we were talking about, I just kind of probably needed to get going with those applications a little bit earlier um, than what I did this season. I think it would have, I think it would have been all right a little bit earlier, and just kind of continue the lawn. 
in the spring. I think here's, it probably would have been all right. Here's another thing, too, I kind of want to throw out there is um, not not just your, your sulfur levels. You are teetering at the minimum oh, levels yeah. of sulfur. Yeah. And yeah. I wonder what kind of influence that has because, because, you know, obviously sulfur is not nitrogen, but there is some correlation to, uh, uh, color response from, from sulfur. And so I'm, I'm wondering what that would be like too, if you could get that number up. But the hard part about this is <laughs> again, yep. uh, are you, are you even going to be a, now sulfur is an anion, uh, sulfate is an anion. So, um, uh, you know, not necessarily directly correlative to your, it, not directly causative to your to your CEZ, but it does correlate because it's showing your sandier soil. So the potential for it to leach out is is a of a, a greater potential. So I I don't know, and I I kind of want to throw, yeah. and this is crazy because I am a uh, lushy again. I will kick your ass too, um, and you know this, <laughs> mf'er. You know this. I'll I will <laughs> crawl up your ass. Um, the 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 thing I want to say about about this and 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 guys I'm a, I'm an anti gypsum person, one hundred percent. I will shit on gypsum from sun up to sundown with a smile on my face. However, I got a weird calcium vision. sulfate. <laughs> There's a big pile back there, and I'm, I'm my bathroom say, is I, nice, I, I, but I'd we, much we, rather we need we need some lawn burgundy art on that for sure. <laughs> Go on, Go on. <laughs> The is I you know um hell yeah in this particular and why I would say uh gypsum gypsum is calcium sulfate right so you have a fairly yep. decent uh sulfur load in it and the advantage there is that it's it's actually it's not very soluble at all uh calcium sulfate is very difficult to dissolve. And so it would provide you a quote unquote, and and this is a huge stretch of the word that I'm saying here, but because it's less soluble, uh, it would be a little bit more of a, a longer term, slowly available form of sulfate to apply. I'm throwing it out there as just a potential option. I'm not saying that it's a great choice or a good choice even, um, but I'm I'm curious Ray and Ryan, what your thought may be in this particular instance of using gypsum to supply a slower available form of sulfate just through reduced uh, solubility. Yeah, I was going to say. Could be smoke. Drugs here, but, you know. Smoke, snort, inhale, absorb directly, whatever. You know, we have no judgment here. (laughs) I'd rather snort it, but, you know. So, uh, you know, I I think there's merit to what you say, um, and you're absolutely right. It is. Jesus. Oh, Oh, that that is a good comment. I'll I'll let that slide. Sorry, Sean. (laughs) Because it was a small enough amount of elemental sulfur, it wouldn't even be enough for an app. Yeah, I mean, uh, elemental sulfur. It's the safest way. We we don't need to play around there. We, yeah, we don't need to. We don't. We, we don't need the excess sulfur. Uh, you know, going through hydrolysis and driving out those hydrogen ions and making mm-hmm. this pH even lower. So, all that being said, I don't see a problem with it. You know, rate wise, boy howdy. I mean, you can put this stuff out 
almost like lime. I mean, you put this out. <laughs> no, you know you're not kicking. Robert Palmer will. Right, Robert. He'll, he'll kick all. I'm not going to threaten to kick Robert's ass. Yeah, I, I'm going to come up with something. Robert, I was going to be like, all right, all right, Robert, let's. You'll, let's all right, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to my man Turf. It's probably what, like four o'clock in the morning over there. Yeah, yeah. he's he's. I, Go I, to I, bed, Robert. <laughs> so okay, we work, um, we working, baby. And <laughs> Demay freezes again. What are the two? Oh, shit? Oh no, no, he's back. He's all back. right. He's back. I'm back. I'm back. All right. No, I was gonna say, I would do it. I think if you did like two apps a year. And if you went somewhere in the range of like, I'd say like 10 to 20 pounds per thousand and you want to like either irrigate the hell out of that or get it like, like an okay time to apply that honestly is like uh, after November 15th. Does he, does he have to irrigate the hell out of it though? Doesn't have to. I mean, it's not going to hurt. I mean, it just, just just going to, I mean, really just let it sit to, to let it, to let it just slowly, slowly do its thing. It, that, and that's well, again, yeah. that's kind of where I'm going with this. That's the my theory. You just want to solubilize theory. it. I'm just saying, if you want, if you want to solubilize it, yeah, you got to have an ass load of water. What, what is the? Let's look at that because you know, listen, we're in nerd territory. Uh, right solubility now. rate is like low. Oh yeah. yeah, yes, real. yes. Gypsum is gypsum is extremely insoluble, but likewise, it is probably going to be my choice to supplement sulfur in your case. And this is one of the few times when I'm not opposed to applying gypsum to a lawn is in your case, because also your calcium level is right in the middle of, I want to say almost low-ish. Yeah. And so if you were to put down a total of 20 pounds per year of gypsum, and by the way, how much rain do you get? Hang on one second. <laughs> Chuck Benzing, calcium sulfate has nothing to do with pH. It is not going to influence pH. Let's get that out there. Again, that's one of those old wives' sales. Calcium sulfate does nothing to pH. It has a zero to do with pH. If anybody ever says apply gypsum for pH, absolutely not. Now, if you're saying calcium sulfate to apply sulfur because of the, the pH he has currently is a 6.1 and we don't want to drive it lower with elemental sulfur, Yes, that's that's perfect. But I don't want you to think that calcium sulfate is going to move. Okay, now he's he's clarifying. Yes, calcium sulfate will not yeah. move uh, uh, soil pH. Okay, sorry. Yeah, he yeah. Go ahead, Ray. Calcium sulfate has no effect on pH. The only time it could possibly have an effect on pH is if that. Calcium then displaces a large amount of magnesium and sodium from the soil. Then there may be small movement of pH. However, in most cases, calcium sulfate or gypsum is a neutral source of sulfate ions. And likewise, you know what the other neutral source of uh, sulfate ions is for soils? Potassium sulfate. You know, sulfate of potash. That is yep. a neutral, non-acidifying source of sulfate because but sulfate it is, is so- it is 
significantly more soluble in water. That, so we're talking like potassium sulfate is going to be somewhere around what? A pound per gallon would be the rate of solubility. Yeah, um, actually, not even that. Water. Half, half, half a pound. Half, half a pound. pound. Oh, you, you, can get a, yeah. you can get a pound in there, buddy. Trust me. <laughs> it gets a little crunchy through the pump, but you know, you know. Yeah, it gets, it gets uh, a little, it gets a little crunchy. <laughs> I've done it, so I know solubility at twenty degrees Celsius. Uh, so what, what is it? What does that work out to? Uh, I have, I have no idea. Uh, twenty C about seventy F. degrees. Se- 70, okay, sixty degrees. Point zero one seven five. Point zero one seven five pounds uh, is the solubility too. rate in water. So very, very Did, insoluble. Did not know this, uh, and it's uh, atypical of most salts, but it is uh, retrograde soluble, meaning that the higher the temperature of the water, the less soluble it becomes, which is... I did not know that either. Wow. Actually, did you... That was kind of mind-blowing. Did you know that many calcium salts actually act like that? Many? In that the hotter the solution temperature... The less soluble they, they become. In fact, uh, there are certain calcium salts or compounds where they are entirely soluble until you raise the water temperature and then they crash out. And calcium citrate is an example of that, by the way. Mm. It, you know, it forms a, a relatively clear solution when the water is still cool, but the minute you jack up that temperature, it crashes out. So, but anyway, I'm thinking that, you know, in your case, ideal supplements for your nitrogen include gypsum, as well as a little bit of, you know, sulfate of potash, you know, for the, for the potassium. And okay. do you know what sulfur does to grass color? It improves it. Mm-hmm. Sulfur helps get the grass. And, and that's, that's, a, that's another reason why um, I, a lot of my efforts that I've been going down with, I've been focusing on the sulfur piece of it, not just because of uh, I'm low in it, but I know the results of increasing my sulfur levels. And yes. just like you said, the, green, the greening effect. So, uh, of course. So, Sean, if you think my lawn is green and on the juice now, just wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and the, the reason why I say this, you know, is because to my eyes, I can tell the difference between a lawn greened up with urea nitrogen, nitrate nitrogen, and say something like ammonium sulfate and the the way that that happens this is guy. that Chips, there's a man, difference I tell you what i tell you what in the color in I that look normal on the on the, on the am, camera right here i'm a big boy that ammonium sulfate green <laughs> is different from the other kind of uh Green that you get from the other fertilizers, right? That's different. So, so um, work twice. So, um, Ray, what's what's your opinion on the difference in the green? My difference in the green that I've seen and what I noticed 
is this like that deeper, darker green that's not like it's not off colored. It doesn't it doesn't give you like that blue, that bluish color that looks fake that you can tell like it's been iron, like it's a lot of iron or too much iron, yeah. But mm-hmm. but it gives you kind of like that true deep, that kind of true deep green is what I see from like ammonium sulfate and like sulfur type of green up. Okay, Cam, that is absolutely correct. That is absolutely true because to me, when somebody greens up grass with, say, urea-based fertilizer, to me, the grass looks almost like plasticky yellow-green, yep. Yep. whereas the ammonium sulfate green is like this nice, dark leaf green, like a forest green. And that is a, a highly desirable color. And the Hell thing about yeah. getting that green Kevin. out of ammonium sulfate, for example, is I'll push you down I the stairs, find Kevin. that I don't have to do as much nitrogen out of ammonium sulfate to get the color, for example. Right. It doesn't, I, I right. need more. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interject right here. I'm going to interject right here because I mm-hmm. have seen this exact same thing and 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 again you know that's that's why i structured things the way i did when when i did lawn care right why is it somebody tell me this there have been several studies published recently aldo i'll whoop your ass too there have been several (laughs) studies published recently about uh color response of various uh nitrogen fertilizers in a lack of variance between your nitrogen source and color response. Is it just, and again, they're doing this through NDVIs is typically how they're, how they're doing this. What is your take on this domain? Because I'm telling you, I have spread so many tractor trailer loads of urea over the years. I can't even count how many tractor trailer loads of urea I've spread over the years and how many tractor trailer loads of ammonium sulfate I've spread over the years. And in spring and fall conditions, well, on cool season grass or, or even early, uh, uh, early summer conditions in warm season grass. Wait a sec. I may have answered my own question. There's a reason why I timed those applications that I did. Well, you know, part of it, too, was just that when I would move into the hotter parts of summer, I couldn't get a polymer-coated ammonium sulfate. So I was kind of limited to a polymer-coated urea or a methylene Mesa. urea or something of the sort. Why, why do you not see in the trials the same level of color response that we, all four of us here, have witnessed out in the field? Why is that? I, you know, the only thing I can think is uh, one variability in pH. Number one, uh, variability in soil type, mushy. and I also, I, you know, I don't know um, in those trials what grasses they're using. Like if it's if it's older grasses, if it's more elite, you know, newer cultivars, whether it be you know vegetatively propagated Bermuda grass or um, you know elite Kentucky bluegrass. Jay Pink, throw up this picture real quick that I sent over in the discord this is an ammonium sulfate color this shit is <laughs> like dark just the perfect shade of green i mean just ripping right now on a, just getting bumped with a half a pound of ammonium sulfate 
about every three, four weeks. Ducky bluegrass at an inch. That, that, you can't, uh, you, I can't get that same response with urea. I'm not saying that urea is bad. I'm saying that there's times to use it and everything like that. But here, this is a, this is an example of just anecdotally, Turf Truth will, he will slit our throats right now. You realize this, right? I can feel Turf Truth's anxiety coming right. through uh, <laughs> through the screen right now. Where is that? Uh, where, I'll hey, say where, this too. Hang on, I've got a, I've got another one to throw out here too. I got another another curveball. Uh, Uflex and Umax, I feel like elicit a different <laughs> color. Specifically, <laughs> that was a good one, JP. Uh, specifically, call, yeah, even more so on cool season grass than warm season grass. And I, so I would say it's it's almost specific to to uh, to cool season grass. I feel like Uflex and Umax elicit a different color in cool season grass uh, than just urea does. Has anybody else experienced that? Um, I can't say definitively if I have, but and 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 please, for those of you listening at home, this is not us advocating. Hey, all you need to spread is ammonium sulfate and nothing else. It's an acquired yeah. taste. You, be, you you better know what There's you're doing. There's a time with and it. a place. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You better know what you're doing with it uh, between uh, Memorial Day and Labor Day, because if you don't, boy howdy, it could go bad. <laughs> right? You might. You, yeah. You know what, Matt? I'll give you another call back here to burn a return. If you if you if you mess up with some ammonium sulfate in the middle of summer, you might be able to go work for Cut and Kill. You'll have a job opportunity boy, up there for you, buddy. Buddy, that was <laughs> that was a good one. Those rest in peace, cut and kill. Rest in peace. May your charter <laughs> and insurance Pieces. forgive you. Man, that's a tough one. That's a tough. Hey, hey. <laughs> Listen. So, so so speaking of, so speaking of the urea, I'm I'm pretty sure. Right. I'm, I'm not gonna say I'm I'm pretty sure. Um, my neighbor on both sides of me, the one on the left was a little late, but the one on my right side, like their front yard butts up next to my test plot. So they came out. So over on the side, you actually can't see it. The one over uh, on the left side by the truck. So they actually, they came out guns blazing. I mean, application company was out there they were spraying and praying and everything else and it probably looked the best that it had ever looked and i was like oh yeah man i was like well they came out the gate on fire but i was like you know what i know it ain't nothing but straight 4600 and they oh yeah lighten it up and and getting it green and of course there i was like hadn't even woke up yet that was that had to be straight out of the gate. The uh, guys, we've got one. We've got a new account. Let's go ahead and, and, and enact the uh, new account mode, which is you know biweekly uh, apps at a half a pound of. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's pulling a Matt Martin right there. Uh, Jay, Jay Bing, can you throw this up? Uh, this is from Brandon Folk. He uh, he posted this in uh, the fertilizers section of the uh, of the Discord there. And the study is nitrate and ammonium affect the overall maize response uh, to nitrogen availability by triggering uh, triggering specific and common transcriptional signatures in roots. And 
you know, we'll talk about this here. It says, in conclusion, the study provides a detailed picture of the global uh, transcriptomic response of maize young roots to early nitrogen starvation or nitrate and ammonium supply, allowing us to distinguish common and individual elements of the overall response. In particular, different regulatory elements contributing to modulating the plant development and overall response to inavailability were identified, thus providing a number of molecular targets, which could uh, be the starting point for further research in root biology or application of plant genetics and biotechnology to improve nitrogen use efficiency. Furthermore, the present results also suggest that nitrate and ammonium could trigger the production of different secondary metabolites and the activation of unique hormonal pathways, thus affecting tolerance to pathogens and abiotic stresses. In this perspective, the precise knowledge of these mechanisms could represent useful information for the fine-tuning of nitrogen fertilization to improve resistance to stresses. So, you know, it, it kind of, and the whole point there is to, uh, um, there's a, is that your different nitrogen sources are going to uh, affect different pathways within the plant. You're going to get different metabolites to form and then thus even greater number of secondary effects. And some of those secondary effects, you know, that may be affecting, you know, abiotic, abiotic pathways or hormonal pathways may indeed be allowing uh, 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 different uh, uh, color responses. But I think more so specifically with, with ammonium sulfate, there's something about ammoniacal nitrogen and the combination of sulfur there, uh, that, that sulfate piece of it. And, uh, you know, one of the other things that, that I've read in another study, and I don't recall which one it is, but uh, it helped with the, uh, the, the uptake of additional iron into the plant. Part of that could be through the acidification that occurs from the ammonium. Part of that could be from the, the, uh, the response of elevated uh, sulfur levels within the plant, too. Um, there's some correlation there that with higher sulfur levels within the plant, typically you're going to see higher iron levels within the, the tissue levels, well, iron and manganese, if I recall correctly. So, um, and both of those are going to produce a darker grass. All so of that's color. It's, all of that's color. Yeah, and it, it's yeah, interesting, though, that so many of these, and it was, was the latest one from uh, Travis Shaddix, that was just analyzing cost and length of color response, wasn't it? Um, yeah. I believe uh, so. Yeah, source. It wasn't just color yeah. response. I can't remember who did the color response uh, by uh, nitrogen source, but it was. I mean, it was pretty oh, much probably. across uh, across the board. I I think like calcium nitrate may have been uh, a, a little bit weaker. Methylene uh, and triazone ureas were were a little bit a little bit weaker. Um, but you know, it was. I think it was like pretty hand in hand that that urea and ammonium sulfate were on par with one another. But again. We don't know what the soil conditions were. We don't know what grass type they were growing. We don't know what cultivars grass they were growing. So pH, all the other fun stuff that goes into affecting the soil moisture levels that can, you know, vary wildly. So it is interesting. Thank you for co-signing my bullshit in that uh, because, you know, it's it's something (laughs) I've I've witnessed over the years. Ray has and Demay has too. Yeah. And I I leverage it. it. Yeah. And I leverage it. I totally leverage it because people wonder why, for example, I'm a big believer in spoon feeding AMS unless somebody has acidic soil. Fortunately for me, in most cases, I'm working on rather alkaline soils, so I benefit from the AMS more than I do from the various uh, polymercote ureas. <laughs> and you know what I'm also after with the various nitrogen sources? Providing nice color without creating increased growth. Yeah. 
that is that is what I'm actually after is how to get the color without pushing vertical growth and increased biomass. So just just speaking about my neighbor, um, again, like I said, it, it, they came out of the gate screaming, had me <laughs> questioning my whole thought process of saying, what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, the I whole neighborhood, because it was this one company that I, that I think most of my neighbors have switched to. Um, and I mean, they were looking good. I mean, I couldn't complain at all Lord. about that. I was like, Man, y'all, y'all came out the gate on fire. But now you turn and you look now, and this is like the, the color has and the health of the turf has just been on the decline ever mm-hmm. since about mm-hmm. early, uh-huh. early, early June. You can kind of see like the turf has just been like on a on a decline on color, on health, on like just and I mean everything. Him? I mean everything. Tim, this is kind of why, for me, I wouldn't be so enthusiastic about pushing, pushing, pushing that spring growth. Because Mm -hmm. do you know what's happening to your neighbors right now? They had their lawns pushed, you know, Foliar growth, leaf growth, you know, shoot growth at great cost to their root growth. To the root. And so now it's hotter, it's drier, or it's more humid. And due to that sacrifice where they got their spring flush, their spring surge growth, all that happened at the expense of long-term root growth. Yeah. And so now the check has to be cashed on that. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll and, give you another example of what happens too from a lawn care perspective is that, you know, you got, you, you move into a neighborhood like that, you come in, you blow your budget early and then, you're trying to figure out what you're going to spray the rest of the season to help make up for <laughs> that money that you blew on all that expensive ass nitrogen, which this spring, you know, those yeah. companies that are out there pounding yeah. nitrogen, they were buying at the absolute max of the market right there. And then they're trying to figure out how they make it up. And I can tell you what lawn care applicators fall victim to is that, well, I spent so much damn money on nitrogen. What I'm going to try and do from this point forward is I'm going to try and biostimulate my way out of this, right? And that and that's how I'm going to make mm-hmm. up my money. I can spray this at three, six ounces per thousand and and try and make up the difference here. And I'm doing something for the health of the plant. I'm doing something for the health of the soil. That's what you're telling yourself. And so I'm going to go out there and I'm going to spray it. And it's going to be cheap. It's going to be 25 cents a thousand kind of thing because I spent $3 a thousand on my first app. And and so I can make up my money here a little bit so I can afford to overseed in the in the, in the fall and all that fun stuff, right? And then you get into a situation where, you know, you are you were hot and heavy in the spring and now you've let it go on completely depleted where you're 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 applying biostimulants, but you're not applying NP and K, which is still yeah. going to be critical for <laughs> the success of the plant as you move into the hot part of yep. the season as well, too. And so now, you know, you're 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 scratching your head and you're like, ah, it's it's 
it's got to be the weather. It's got to be disease. You know, what is it? Then, then you're selling fungicides because you think it's disease when in reality, it's just, uh, you, you got it. You got a starving ass lawn out there, but you're, you're scared of fertilizer because it's hot and you don't want to, you don't want to spend any more money on it because you're already in the hole. And then you get into this loop and you're like, well, I'll just wait till fall. And you know, yeah. and that's, you know, that, that's where that difference begins to set in now when you're looking at it and you're like, well, sorry, buddy, you know, you, you shit your pants early and, uh, you know, good luck trying to wipe it all up for the rest of the year. And yep. and see that that's kind of that's kind of what I'm saying. It's, it's like they came out of the gate fast. I came out slow, but I've just been consistent. And the lawn is especially like I, my test plot is right beside their lawn, so I like I can look at it like night and day. Um, and at this Hell point, yeah. like I'm dark green. Like I mean, it's it's looking good over there, and they are just mm-hmm. on the decline. Um, and we've had sufficient water here. Like, I mean, we, we've had, I mean, we went a little while where it got a little dry. Um, but for the most part, like I haven't even really ran my irrigation like that. So I can't say that it's because I'm irrigated and they're not. I mean, hell, we just got, we've been seven inches of rain in the past two weeks. Um, so just about everybody is green if you've been on a decent, fertilization plan and I'm, I'm looking at the lawns that that company has been taking care of and i told people i was talking to somebody and i was like in the neighborhood and i was like yeah man that lawns are looking good right now i'm just interested to see what they're gonna look like come into june july and mm. the proof is in the pudding right now um yeah okay. and i was like that yeah. that's not that's not the way that i would have ran my program um so, so I've got a client across the street. I got a client across the street that is uh she's almost as green as I am. I'm irrigating. <laughs> she's yep. only had she's only had maybe a pound and a half on the ground um this mm-hmm. spring. And it's been a little it's only been two apps. She's been a, about a pound and a half on the ground and it's green. It's not looking like everybody else's. And I'm and I'm just sitting back like. Nice work, Cam. Nice work. You know, hey, I'm going to tell you from a marketing perspective, this is when you go handing out door hangers like crazy and be like, (laughs) you know, hey, you did good, but we do better. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Yep. You know what? You know what, Cam? I'm not shitting, man. I'd I'd, I'd be out there leaving door hangers every damn week and be like, I treat this this and this address. Come take a look and you can look like, too. You don't have to look like this. Rest in peace, asshole. Yeah. yeah, you know what? This have a picture of yourself with your shirt off, flexing in it, and be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> "Yeah, that's that's marketing you know, one right there." You know, this goes to kind of show you what we always talk about in this show about how you can show off, act up, do whatever during the peak growing season of the grass. But the real test Mm -hmm. is what that same grass looks like during the stressful time, which would be now. And likewise with Mm me, people can think their balls are big from (laughs) me until November, but I am literally busy dealing with turf in decline 
from November till May. What is that? Is, what when, is, uh, that is when, what's J Pink's uh, YouTube mantra? Right? If I don't, if I only see the inside of your garage and I never see your lawn, mm-hmm. might have some issues. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I haven't, then, ha- haven't seen I, Ron Henry's front lawn in a while. Yeah, what happened? <laughs> and he's growing. And, he's growing pythium. Yeah. And, <laughs> ooh, and you know what? I haven't seen somebody else's a, uh, em- a Empire Zoisha in a while. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen somebody's Empire Zoisha in a while either. Come to think of it, not going to name names. And he was the guy that said, nah, I'm going to mow it tall and throw it down. I was told that. <laughs> it happens. It happens. Every, everybody, everybody's on a, on, a, on a learning curve here. And uh, you know, sometimes, sometimes you learn. You learn sometimes, it's pretty, sometimes, yeah, some, sometimes it's a, it's a nice, gentle rolling hill. And other times it's a uh, slip inside to death, right? <laughs> yeah, especially, I mean, when you're, you're, especially when you're watering uh, ten minutes every single day, and and, and I've been there. Bring it, bring I've, I've been there, been been there, done that. Not the watering part, but there's stuff that you got to learn. I mean, again, a lot of times you got to learn them the hard way. Um, and then the thing is, is that you got to keep learning. Uh, I, I think that's one of the things that no doubt. I've definitely I've definitely learned uh over the course of the past three years is that it's it's gonna change. Like things are gonna change and you gotta keep learning uh to figure out the the stuff that you're gonna come up against. Uh because it's not gonna be the same every year. Uh just like for my backyard, um, I think one of the reasons I did so well last summer through this period of time is that it was dry. Like I was able to keep the backyard dry. Like we didn't have a lot of heavy rains. We didn't, it didn't rain often. The most of the water that it got was from when I decided to water it. Um, and we had long breaks with, without any rain. So I was able to keep it fairly dry, which was beneficial for the backyard that was in the shade. You dump six, seven inches of rain in the shade and you ain't got nothing to dry it out. <laughs> can't take the water out the soil but so quickly cam can we can we take a look at the picture so we have uh a section here in our notes yeah, that's called the uh, challenge of the season and uh and you're talking about a thinning in shady areas and edges uh, yep and yep. I, you know so I feel like I have a pretty easy approach to this. Now, my definition of easy and your definition of easy may be two totally separate <laughs> different things here. Uh, my, my initial thought when I see this is the easy one, which is uh, a chainsaw. You, I, I think 100% this is pure decline due to light deficiency. Whitey, nothing more, listening? nothing less. Are you listening? Chainsaw. Chainsaw. Whitey, are you listening? Chainsaw. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ray, Ryan, when you see this, does this does this look like like decline due to disease or overwatering, or does this look like shade decline? Because in my opinion, this looks like shade decline. 
You know what I call this, uh, Matt? I Don't. call this, I call this a, a crossbow deficiency. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because Ray is going to cross- drill the tree and spike it with crossbow is what's going to happen. <laughs> Gonna just mix it up or, a little drink, little st- little stiff drink, you know. Or that, just don't actually that, that's, feed it to the tree. That, that stump, that that remaining tree stump is going to get a special pruning paint consisting of crossbow and diesel fuel. <laughs> yeah. Jesus, Ray. Ray, Ray is not extreme. He's just on point. He's just effective. That's all. Uh, that, that looks, that looks like shade decline to me. So if you're, if you're, and again, I, and the whole reason I want to say that too, is that if you're blaming yourself for something culturally or whatever, uh, I would not, um, I don't think this is anything you've done. I don't think this has anything to do with, with program wise or soil conditions or whatever the case may be. Um, I think this is purely due to shade and your, your, your only thing you're going to be able to, if you want to get experimental. Okay. And again, the the probability of success here, I would I would put at twenty percent or less. Is and, and and also something that you did is keep it under extreme regulation. And maybe maybe you'll be able to hold on to it a little bit longer in the summer. But you know, realistically, now you're July fourteenth. I would say you'd be able to hold on to it till about here before it started undergoing decline. And you're undergoing and decline be, about uh, here. Yeah, so you did probably about as Buy good you as what? you're going to get out of it, and, and, what? and at Two this weeks point, or so? exactly. And uh, and so now, and now it's you know time to, you know, if it's that important, there's there's two. Well, the other thing you could do is landscape it as well too, right? So you know, oh, yeah. cut you cut uh, you another yeah. section of the lawn out, landscape it, put you some pretty uh, camellias in, or or hydrangeas, or whatever you want to do, and or hostas um, or or whatever hostas, yeah. Right? But uh, uh, I'm I'm definitely a fan of uh, not forcing grass to grow where it doesn't want to grow. But if sure. you didn't have a tree I mean, there, it it probably want to grow there as well too. So yeah. so what well, I'm so what I'm thinking about doing is actually going in. There's a there's a major branch that kind of branches off the tree that I think mm-hmm. is keeping it from getting at least a decent amount of sunlight to where. It would, I think, it would perform a lot better. Um, the downside is, and what I'm trying to, I, I keep looking at the sun pattern as it comes across. We love, we do love the shade in the back. I want to get, I wanted to get rid of all the trees. Like to be honest with you, I was like, man, let's, I, I want my grass. But then when the sun, when it does get shady in the evenings, when it's 90 something degrees outside mm-hmm. and you can walk out and lay in the hammock and it feels like it's 75 degrees outside with the wind blowing through there, it's not. You're Southern like, as Listen to this guy. Listen to this guy. <laughs> it, it, is, it is nice. Um, so I don't think the tree, and plus the cost of getting rid of it, but that main tree just showing right there in the middle, I think there's a main branch that if I could take that branch off of it, it would open up the majority of that back area, at least so that it would get sunlight until about two o'clock. 
Sure. And then the that may be that over. may be all you need. And the sun okay. will pass over to the other side, and then it'll. So my trees on the left side of the screen of what you're seeing, and my neighbor's has trees on that side also. Then the sun will be on that side, and they'll cast the shadow over onto onto the lawn. Then, but it, it'll it probably will get sun till about two o'clock. You know what? In that case, Cam, I would probably suggest that you work with an arborist and have them selectively trim the trees because I've seen it done in various lawns where the tree doesn't get scalped, the tree doesn't get coat racked, but it does get selectively pruned and that selective pruning then over the long term opens up more sun going into the lawn, moving forward. So I would, you know, I, I would kind of, kind of consider that too, you know, but the fastest answer is that special pruning paint. <laughs> uh, listen, I know, I know the kind of person you are, Cam. Um, mm-hmm. You're not scared to become uh, a licensed applicator. What about going after an IBA, uh, an ISA uh, Arbor certification? Oh, boy. <laughs> it's a little different it's a lot than Perkinsport. I'm not going to lie. It's a lot. It's, it's a, a lot, lot of not tying all kinds of stuff that you have to that you have to do for, for Arbor certification. It, I mean, it is like next level I kind just, of shit. Uh, but. Although I did just see a, a, a tree company out in west western united states though that just sold for 21 and a half times its profit 21.5 x that's that's pretty you good say thing. that was an arbor that was an arborist company yeah yeah if, if, if companies that have certified arborists on staff are going to do really really well because one of the things you you really learn how to do in arbor certification especially and there's there's multiple ranks of of certification you know over a period of time you become a master certified arborist and all this fun stuff right. is you learn how to deal with the dirty of the dirty of of trees and uh and so you know there there are houses out there that are built literally around the focal point of a tree you know and it'll be like a a, a house that's a square that has a center tree that that dies at some point and uh and, and let me tell you uh they're they're not calling the guy who who trims their bushes to come in and remove that <laughs> right. tree you know what i mean and uh yeah and the certified arbors come in and map out you know the way this tree is going to re- be removed it's going to be safe for the people that are removing the tree and to preserve the the property and the investment there so um it's it's totally different i highly recommend because I, I know i know you're a man of learning I highly recommend you take a look at it. Take a look at a sample test even to kind of wrap your mind around the different areas that that you would be dipping your toe into as far as learning. And you're going to respond one of two ways. You're going to be like, wow, this is incredibly exciting. Or you're going to be like, this is way too much. And there's there's probably no middle ground in that. So, uh, but, you know, no harm, no foul either way. Because when it got into the the rope tying thing for me, I was like, no, I don't, I could care less about tying. You said that. Matt, <laughs> Say that's it. That's enough. I have an interesting observation. Pineapple. Tell me. I have an interesting observation is that most of the tree people that I know, at least here locally, 
they are strictly tree people and they don't deal very much with or they don't want to deal very much with turf grass for example and so that is where i'm good friends with the tree people because likewise i don't want to climb no freaking trees okay not, not my thing <laughs> i don't want to do yeah, it me neither so me neither. We, we get along fine because uh, what, I, what sometimes happens is after the trees get trimmed back, then the property owner goes to the tree people and says, hey, do you know a good turf grass person? And, you know, the tree people say, I got a guy. <laughs> I got a guy. I got James a guy. Hill commented <laughs> and said, just spike up there. It's a blast. And. Listen, I have watched two certified arborists almost come to a full-fledged fist fight before over whether or not you should climb a tree with spikes or not. Like, Don't do it, that. Let me tell you, these people are different breeds of human beings. They're they're not normal. Oh, and yeah. Cam, I don't know. You you might fall into one of those categories. I don't know. I, I'm not yeah, judging no. you. Well, certified arborists. Well, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the one on the um, the way that I'm built. I'm gonna be the one on the ground telling you which one you gotta cut. <laughs> yep, that, that one right there. Nah, not that one. Uh, uh-uh. not yeah, that one. The, the one over. The one over from there. Well, let's <laughs> let's let's have a more listen because I know. I know exactly who you are and how you operate, so I'm going to give you a better way to do that than just a point and grunt. All right, JP, throw up this picture real quick. All right, so look, at check this out right here. the Sun Surveyor That's something I would do. Uh, they've got a free version. They've got this nice $7.99 pay version. Totally worth it, I think. Pretty cool. So here's the thing is that it's going to show you the sun and the moon crossing the sky and you can use your camera and the gyroscope to pan across and it'll tell you exactly where the sun's going to be relative to whatever direction you're looking. So if you stand in that spot on your lawn where you're like, hey, the shade's always hitting here. Well, hey, let's pass it across and see when the sun's there. Oh, by the way, you can change the date and the time. So if it's July 14th, 2022, and you're like, huh, I wonder what this is like on March 14th, 2023 at 2 30 in the afternoon you go on your phone you change the date you change the time it'll show you exactly where the sun's going to be it'll show you passing across the sky exactly where it's going to be so now you can look at those limbs and say hmm yeah that eastern sun right that morning sun that's coming up over it eh, i'm missing that if i take that one limb right there out but i don't need to take that other limb right there or maybe i need to take both of them hell maybe I need to go to my uh, my uh, significant other and say, uh, "Listen, that whole gosh darn tree has to go. It's got to go. <laughs> it might come down to that, right? What's uh, what what is uh, what's what's Ray's favorite saying? Trees and turf do not grow together. Only the fittest survive. Yes. Yep. Either you and you can back up your plane with data as well too. You can, yeah, honey, hold the sap up." And I want you to follow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hold, yeah, yeah. I want you to hold the phone up there. It? Yeah, look at. Yeah, do, do you see what's like going to happen next year on August first, twenty twenty three, when the sun passes over? We're, we're, we're missing out on no six light. hours of daylight here. Done. You know, and we could talk Done. about light stress. I mean, that's that, that's a, that's a fun topic to get into and talk about. Uh, probably one of the uh, one of the. Uh, I would say you know we we touched on two of the 
more interesting uh fringy topics right now in turf research right so that is light and how light impacts turf right so there's some really cutting edge cool shit that's going on in that early part of research right now and then we also talked about uh metabolomics which is basically when that nitrogen study what they did was they figured out all the way down to the you know to the metabolic level like what is being metabolized by the plant by by the turf plant and how do we back that all the way up into the system and figure out okay hey what happens when ams goes in what happens when urea goes in what happens when cow nitrate goes in and we're figuring out what those different levers pull and instead of just saying oh hey uh it got a little bit more green with ams like we're doing better than that we're, we're we actually are so it's fringe shit it's starting to come out there was a really good paper that came out on uh exogenous applications of amino acids george murray who uh is the uh the president of the company called foliar pack that makes a whole bunch of liquid fertilizers he put out a pretty good paper on metabolomics of uh, amino acids and trying to figure out exactly which ones are passing through the plant which ones are being taken up more which ones are being taken up less i'm just ranting on right now but there is some cool shit going on in the background, fellas. And, you know, this is why, in to Cam's point, you always have to be learning. And so for the folks at home, does it mean that, you know, Ray and Matt can probably attest to this. How much stuff do we read or consume that we may never apply, but we need to know on background? Because uh, we're either insatiable for knowledge or we need to learn. I mean, listen, uh if there's somebody that knows more about, um, you know, uh, anabolic steroids and uh, turf grass science in the world than Ray, I'll fucking fight you right here, right now. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I'll come to your house. Even I will fly there and I'll fight you. I might get my ass whipped, but I'm still I'm, I'm still going to stand behind my friend Ray. But, OK, Poisons, so what I'm saying, though, is drugs. That, Natural disasters, <laughs> industrial disasters, yeah. explosives. Yes. <laughs> High death count events. Like he could probably rip through the first. <laughs> <laughs> and the royal family. <laughs> <laughs> the royal family of both the UK who knew that, and who Japan. Knew that Char- who, who knew that Charles III was accidentally circumcised? Ray did. Could you could you could you imagine Robert Palmer and Ray just talking about explosives one night? Like oh. do, they just sit oh. down, they put a bottle of bourbon in between them. They're like, "All right, y'all talk oh, about yeah. no. All right, no, 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 go. no, this is. I have to leave the room. Uh, I gotta get out. Uh, that's a, that's a twenty four pack of PBR Pounders and a whole bunch of Spinelli's pizza. That's what that is to get that conversation yeah. fired up. Yeah. Actually, for, for me, it would. It, it it would be the uh, the fifth of larceny. Go. Oh, there you go. There you go. Hey. Yeah. Ray. Because I, th- th- I think like, I bought you. Three I months. think I bought you like two of those that night. Three three months. <laughs> three months until Louisville. Three months until Louisville. Oh, it's boy. Be an absolute I mean... blast. <laughs> but... So, yeah, from a. Uh... I I know I know the issue. I mean, I, I I know what needs to happen, and it's the same thing that I recommend to people. Yeah, I mean, grass and trees, and grass and trees, grass and shade. They they don't go together. You you got to pick whichever one you want. Yeah, um, which I, I which one you want? And, 
Yeah. And 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 I think it's it's a matter of and I mean if you look at it at, at this point, it's mid July. Like I I've got what probably six to eight weeks before I'm overseeding. It's on the backside of my lawn. The pictures that I post and what I see from my porch and from 90% of the yard, I can't complain about it at all. And like that's that one little area back there in the corner. And to be honest with you, I think a shed's going there in probably the next year. And that's probably going to get all covered up and it's not even going to be grass anymore in that area anyway. Um, so um, I, I can't complain. I just wanted to get you guys' thought and just kind of kind of see what you thought about it um, and, and if you had any other inputs. But, I mean, you can even tell the texture of the grass of, like, this section right here that gets probably mm-hmm. eight, ten hours, probably ten, more like ten hours of sun. I mean, it's, it's a completely different texture. Like the, like the grass is a different texture, um, and this stuff right here, I can do whatever I want to it, and it's going to be just fine. Like <laughs> it is going to be just fine. Um, the stuff in the shade and the and that and it comes around this time of year when the canopy is full. Like so, when the leaves and stuff start falling in the fall, it won't be an issue. Like even me growing in my my uh, after my overseed. Like once the leaves and stuff fall and and it thins out that canopy, like it'll start to grow. It'll grow just fine. It'll grow just fine up until about this point in the year. And and that's about it. And I think I'm just fine with having to overseed those edges unless I can uh, identify. I think there's a main limb that I might think about getting rid of this fall that may help a lot. Sure. I, to, and to be honest, I'm, I'm I'm probably the more hippie that would say don't cut down the tree. I like I like big old established trees like that, and I, and I think that's you know growing up in the South, you're used to seeing big magnolias and stuff, and I I get a I get affectionate for that. So keep the tree. The whole tree is not the whole tree is not going down. For one, I'm not paying for that. <laughs> I'm happy with that. For 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 two, I, we're not going to be here that long. For me to spend that, invest that kind of money. North Carolina is calling me. Home. You got that. You got. You got that right. <laughs> <laughs> Not to invest that kind of money into that. Like I, I, it's 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 not worth it to me. I'll toss some daggone seed out on the edge in the fall, and it'll look good. Eleven months out of it, or. 12, 10 months out of the year and I'll be happy with it and say it's good. At some point you gotta some stuff just ain't worth it to you. Demay, I short started your brain and your computer connection. Are you okay you up there? <laughs> uh yeah, yeah. I I mixed uh too many uh too many pounds of nitrogen with those uh steroids, those uh what was that ball? Is that an upper and downer thing? Is that is that, yeah, is that what they yeah. call a speedball? Yeah. <laughs> Stay away from Astron that. Belushi. Oh, oh, wait. That's, yeah. that's hard on you. <laughs> that's hard. That's one way of saying it, Matt. <laughs> it's not so much hard on the rest of your body. It's mostly mostly your heart, right? And uh yeah. yeah you know. Anyway. 
All right, so uh, Cam, what what other questions do you have for us? And we kind of been like all over the place here. We haven't really followed a, a format know, here per se. My, I knew it wasn't going to be here. like that. I'm cool with that. That's good. <laughs> it just it just it just flows. So then, um, I guess on the disease front, I am curious on that. You know, mm-hmm. have you experienced any pressure so far? Have you seen anything? And what are you doing right now to manage disease, whether it be through cultural practices and or a fungicide program? Uh, yeah, so um, my front yard definitely had, the, which is what I'm surprised about, um, it definitely had the highest disease pressure uh, thus far. Uh, so I did see a little bit of uh, leaf spot in there. A uh, little bit of brown, a little bit of brown patch was coming in, um, and then uh, when I actually had to cut it down, I had to chop that joints down to fix a problem that I caused myself. Um, I was able to definitely see where that damage was. Uh, so yeah, I've seen some disease pressure in there. A uh, little bit started creeping in the back. Um, if you anybody is following me for any amount of time. Um, you know, I had an issue with Pythium, uh, about a year and a half, two seasons ago, two seasons ago now. Um, so I am on a 14 day interval, uh, with either Mephinoxum or another product that is Ray's, uh, favorite that I'm not even going to mention, but I think you know what it is, Ray. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, so I'm, I'm rotating those two for, uh, the pythium issue. Um, and I haven't had a bit of that to worry about. Um, and I'm also going down with, uh, phosphites on a 14 day interval offset from my, uh, offset from my methanoxum or in the other product fungicide. So that way I'm keeping some coverage, um, offsetting, offsetting those, uh, those two time periods. Um, and as far Actually, as like, go ahead, Ray. Here's what I'm going to tell you is that if you're doing regular regimented phosphates in a cadence like that, you're extremely well covered for my least favorite disease, which would be the Pythium. You're fairly well covered. I mean, because the way I look at Pythium is if you already have it, you're essentially too late. too late. And if yep. you know you get it, that almost tells me that maybe you should consider regular applications of phosphates during your hot and wet part of the year. You know, that's just, uh, that's just my thinking, you know, is because by the time you start sketching for a quart of methanoxin, I think you're a late. little bit late. Yeah, you're kind of late. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And and I mean, that's a product that most people do not have sitting on the shelf. So by the time no, you've got to go order, you've got to go order it, you've got to go find it, whatever the case may be, you, damage is done. Really? So that happened to me. That happened to me two seasons ago. And one of the thing is, is when it happened, and this is one of the things that I say, like, I, we make mistakes. We learn. I mean, there's stuff that we just haven't experienced before and you're going to experience mm-hmm. it for the first time. 
So I caught the Pythium disease, uh, what was that, two seasons ago? And mm-hmm. I guarantee you one thing that I do, you will not get me again. Like I <laughs> I will I will phosphates every will month, happen. right? Right, Ken? Yeah. Phosphates every month from now on. <laughs> what I'm on a 14 day interval offset with my methanoxum and the other products oh. that I'm that I'm rotating. Oh yeah. So oh, yeah. yeah, I'm I haven't seen a ounce of it, even I haven't seen any mycelium anywhere in this lawn in a season and a half right now. Not going to work. Nice. Um, nice. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's all a part of like a program. I mean, it, it happened. I learned from it. I knew what was going on. I identified what the problem was. And I put a program in place, which is what I ran all last season. And by me running this same program that I'm doing this year, I ran it all last season and was successful with it. So I'm running it again this year. Um, and I, I haven't had any issues with Pythium due to putting that program in place. But as far as any brown patch leaf spot, I haven't, I've had some of that popping up. Um, I went down with uh, propanos oxystrobin early in the, in the season um, for mm-hmm. my, for my first app coming out of the gate. Um, and then I've been, what I go down with next, uh, Armada. Uh, was my wow. was my next applicant application Bam. after that? Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> went down with Armada after that, and um, my last one that I put down was uh, T Storm, which is a Lesco product. That's uh, I forgot the active. Uh, it's one of the stroke method. Yep. Yeah, off patent Thalfenny missile, also yep, known 336. as 3336. And yep. I think you have a pretty solid, uh, you know, disease prevention program that also to me is pretty complete because the disease that I think a lot of people aren't covering for is pisium. They're not yeah, covering for pisium. And I agree. I agree. Here's the here's here's the bad thing about Pisium is that Pisium is the thing that kills the grass when yep. for example it rains for one week. And you get I have six a inches of that, rain. <laughs> you know, and I've have, I have my friend over here, uh, the lawn sauce, uh he knows what we're talking about because if it rains for a week here in Hawaii. There's going to be some dead grass too. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna experience that. <laughs> Oops! Yikes! Yeah, <laughs> not yeah, a and, good situation. And, and, and I think I think when people see Pythium, um, people aren't quite as familiar with it. And the go tos for any lung disease is disease X, mm-hmm. propiconazole, or azoxystrobin. I mean, I mean, that's, or, that's their, that's the go-tos for lung disease and they do nothing for Pythium. Like Pythium sits there and laugh at it. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> what do you mm-hmm. think you're doing? And it just continues mm-hmm. to wipe out your, it continues to wipe out your lawn. And God forbid that you're continuing to get rain because it then just continues to spread with 
the the water with, with the water as the water moves through the soil it now just continues to spread so you're you're done pretty much pretty much yeah that's Sorry, the one man. that that's, no my shirt's still oh oh i i, I, I listen I'll, I'll say it on air i was gonna type it out but i'll, I'll just say it real quick as an aside but Next time we do an episode with Sean Smith, Hungry Southerner, we're all going shirtless. That's just the way it is. I don't care who you are. Y'all are weird. If you got a problem, I'm not doing it. It's not, it's not, it's not weird at all. I'll do it. I'll do care. it in Louisville. How about that? Yes. <laughs> we'll do a Burt Kreischer show right there in Louisville. Hey, Cam and <laughs> I are going to karaoke some Garth Brooks shirtless. Let's do it. At the Dodge. <laughs> How Let's about do that? it. <laughs> Let's do it. If it hasn't been closed so. down, by the, we're by joking. The, we're not joking. I know you're not long joking. As you ca- long as you carry it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It'll be, it'll but, be a good um, show. I did. I think I did have. Uh, oh, so my last topic that I just wanted to talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. Uh, Demay, I sent you that frantic uh, message over on uh, on the Discord about <laughs> what the heck is going on and what is happening right now. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that was, Jay Pink, if you can go to the front yard reno pictures, um, I think that's, that's kind of where it was at. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, <laughs> to that. I remember that. Yep. So the the first picture was the day I made that application. So I'm gonna just go ahead and say this was my first. I actually made a video on this, um, and, and I put it. That was my last video uh, because it was just one of those things that y'all have always talked about. It was like if you make enough applications and you work in it long enough, you're going to mess something up. Something is going to happen that you were not expecting to happen and hey this was my first swing at it and mm-hmm. i was like all right let's 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 go ahead and i mean it was i tried some products so the fungicides that i ran and i combined together i ran them last year i knew that really wasn't the problem i tried a new uh fertilizer which is i normally always i typically spike my fungicide applications with a little bit of fur um and okay. this one the front was, as I told you, was a little underfed. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try and kill two birds with one stone. And I went a little heavier with the fert than what I would typically do if mm. I was rolling something together mm. like that. Mm. I was like, okay, mm. the, math sa- the math says I need this. This is what the math says that um, this is probably where I should be from the math. When I tell y'all I ran the math, Five different times because my gut was saying, "What are you doing? Why mm-hmm. are you still? Why are you running these numbers this many times?" And the answer kept coming out the same. And I was just like, mm. "Ah, let's go with it." <laughs> <laughs> let's you know what, Cam? Listen, uh, we should just, we should all get that ta- we should it. all get that that tattooed on our ass. Ah, let's go with it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Cam? There are times when you're sure about the, to the, nick, isn't that the nick marketing something. slogan yeah. for cut and kill. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, 
you know, there are times when you're about to mix something and something tells you, maybe I shouldn't. And yeah. you know, you know where you know where that comes from. That comes from when you've made enough applications to where that application is so hot that the grass yeah. starts turning black right before your eyes. And the reason why I can say that, Cam, is because 25 years ago, 30 years ago, I've made a few applications that did exactly that. Right before my eyes, the turf turned black. And the only way it happens. You, you turn turf black is when your liquid fertilizer solution is just way too concentrated you know yeah. way too much i mean and or this is you, why you tip you tip burn the shit out of yard too yeah <laughs> i think we're looking that at is, it go with it yeah. that's let's exactly yeah. that's exactly what let's just, let's just go, <laughs> go with it I, I burned, I, <laughs> it was it was hot i mean and so <laughs> may have been hot. just like that might, good, might have been that, hot that Who's gut say, feel, like just like Ray was talking about, man, and and the reason I, I was like, I just kept running the numbers and running the numbers and running the numbers. I, I've never had to run the numbers that many times, <laughs> and the reason I did it is because it just felt off. Like it, like mm-hmm. my gut, everything mm-hmm. in me was saying, "This is not it." Like this is this is not it. But that at gu- all. that dude, that gut is built from. You know, and I'm not trying to sound hard here, and I don't think any of these guys would say the same thing, but that is years and years and years of mostly good things happening, but also some really fucking terrible, awful shit happening and being observant of it and being like, oh, this level of tip burn right I should here never, I should never nothing. do this again. Wait, <laughs> so, John so Perry, this was a matter. John Perry. Like Pink, one second. Go back. Go back like two pictures. <laughs> what go would John Perry original... say about that? <laughs> oh, John Perry. John Perry, would you run tenacity in ninety-five degree weather and expect to control anything? I would advise anybody who's thinking of doing this not. To. You heard it from him. Listen, listen. The man himself has spoken. How are you going to argue with that? The the guy who. I don't know. I mean, he, he tries. He tries real hard. He's got the saddest <laughs> son shit. Nope. He's got nope. the sad. He's got the saddest son Joe video in history of YouTube. Right. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm sure we'll see him in Louisville again too, like like last year. It was a good time. <laughs> yeah, was. I had a great time I, with him. Shit. Oh yeah, an hour. Yeah. I don't remember any of it, but I know we did. I just say that that Everybody was one of the most. Right there. I was there for it. It was like one of those like <laughs> surreal moments where I'm walking up, I'm like, oh wait, that's him. And I look over at you and I'm like, hey, Matt's fucking plastered. This this, this, this can be is. interesting. <laughs> I was perfectly aware of my surroundings. You were you were you were in total listen, control. Listen, listen, when I say plastered, I mean you were in your element, Donnie. You were fine. And if we're not listen, if we're not watching the big Lebowski on movie night soon. I'm going to get upset. We got to get the big Lebowski worked in 
for Matt to watch on movie night. So, all right. Anyway, back to back to listen, okay. Cam. Let me tell you, Tip Burn. Tip Burn is okay because Tip Burn, the grass isn't going to die. That means that means eventually it's going to turn nice and green. Correct. The problem. It's going to grow out of the it. problem is when it turns orange and it and it it looks like it has been Done that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Orange is never a good color in grass, whether it's from pythium okay. or furt burn or chemical burn. Orange always is uh, uh, is followed by severe death, like non-returnable death, level of death. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like you, okay. you're in the ground, you're dead. You might as well be, you know, burned to ashes, kind of dead. Tip burn, ah, it's fine. Yeah, you get a couple weeks, it grows out, it looks good, everything's beautiful. It, it, it'll it'll right. more. It, 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 it took it took me about three it took me about three weeks. It it, it did. Mm-hmm. It, it took it about it took me about three weeks. Uh, I think the picture we had up before was when it was at its worst. Um it it, it literally turned it was brown all the way across. Um, your coverage is and great. then I, I, But I still I, see green went, in the under canopy, so you're good. Yeah, go to the next one. Yeah. So so it's <laughs> hey still great coverage here by the way it's perfect yeah, oh yeah see thank you this is the same thing I told Turf I was like I told Turf in the chat when I I sent him a voice I was like look I was like hey man I got some these some pretty decent coverage he was like how did you find that silver lining in the way your yard looks right <laughs> oh there? you got to dude <laughs> listen 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 you know how you found you that silver to. lining. That was that was hours of beating yourself up and feeling anxiety and not sleeping at night and wondering. So the uh, that that's the Tiger King moment. The the fu- the fucking Tiger King. I am never going to financially recover from this ever. You know that that shit right there. And then you're like, you know what though, man? I'll tell you what. That coverage. I got some good ass coverage. Pretty, pretty goddamn good, boys. Look at that shit. And everybody's you like, yeah, Cam, like you, you smoke the lawn pretty evenly. Great job. <laughs> okay. So, so you know what? In baseball, Cam, Cam, in baseball, they call that warning track power. You got warning track power. Hit the shit out of that. Guy caught it three feet before the wall. Listen, is there anything worse when someone kills a yard and they leave like three green stripes in the middle of oh. it? That's way worse than oh. a completely dead yard. It screams uh, uh, rookie to me. But the, I saw again, that like I said, last week. I actually saw that last week. I saw that. Oh, really? It looks terrible. Whereas, no, in person, you know, somebody effed oh, up and sprayed what I believe is like total killer on an area of mm-hmm. lawn and my my customer and I are, are looking at it now, and I'm saying, hey, I think they put Roundup here, except, my God, they have bad aim, because I see, like, green stripes going through the area that they, that they covered, and it's mm-hmm. like, holy cow, I mean, like, bad aim, but <laughs> in any case... <laughs> Sound like my wife after I've been drinking and go to the bathroom. Yeah. Why is there pee on the wall? Raise the toilet seat next time. Oh, I do that. I do that. You're not an animal. You're civil. Yeah, you raise the toilet seat. However, do you raise it with your feet or your hand, though? Oh, I mean, mostly hand. I mean, feet, maybe in like a public restroom, but 
You know, yeah, we, yeah. we should have we At should home, we, we should have like public. This sounds like I'll tell you what. If you're if you're not a member, are we talking about to join? We we are for a second. We we'll get back into that real quick. But I I have to tease this real quick because we're definitely gonna have this conversation. On Sunday night, because <laughs> I would like to talk about each of our own personal uh, public restroom etiquette on the pre-show for burn return. I think that's a oh uh, lord. <laughs> I, I think it's a useful oh. topic. I, I can't wait to dive into this. So the only way you're going to hear that though is if you remember. So check us out: <laughs> www.patreon.com/forward/slash/burnreturn. You can hear plot, all all we're gonna, we're about, talk about public restroom etiquette. I yeah. I mean. Exactly. You know, do you lift the toilet seat up? The with plugs the, and uh, the producers, boy. That J Pink, I tell you. With the, with a hand, with a foot. I mean, do you wad up all that toilet paper so that the head of your penis doesn't touch the front of the bowl? I don't know. We're going to find all that out on Sunday night because when you get in a public restroom, things change very quickly, and you got to be able to adapt, just like Cam did after he torched the lawn. And and it wasn't torch though. Like <laughs> look, 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 I would look at this and be like, listen, what I did is working. I would be in it in here. Okay. So boys, let's do this because Cam is now a licensed applicator. He's got some clients. So let's, let's real talk this real quick. Cam, did you know this was going to happen or you didn't know this was going to happen? I knew the possibility of it. Okay. Could so happen. let's talk okay. about it. Let's talk about this both ways. So Matt and Ray, I want to ask you, Mm-hmm. If you knew it was going to happen, how would you communicate with your customer ahead of time? And if you didn't know it was going to happen, how would you communicate your, with your customer mm. after the fact of, hey, it's a little discolored. So let's hear it. How would how would you guys approach that situation? Matt, I'll give you the before. Ray, I'll give you the after. Uh, first, I would say is, uh, okay, so if I knew it was going to happen, say, for instance, you know, I'm walking up on a situation where I know I'm going to have to get a little squirrely in my application. That's what I tell them. That, listen, it's going to look worse before it gets better. And that's just the reality of the situation. Bear with me here. Give me two applications, and I'll, I'll make a world of progress where you'll have a little bit of faith in me. But after the first one, you're going to think I'm nuts. and uh, But after the second one, you're going to think maybe there is a little bit of saving grace in there. If I didn't know it was going to happen and I walked up on this, I'd be like, well, we were getting a little aggressive for a reason X, Y, and Z. He got a little toasty, but I, d- I don't want you to think this is anything out of the ordinary that's irreparable. With a little bit of water, a little bit of rain, a little bit of time, it's going to grow out. And, it's, and this is all going to go to according to a plan, but we got a little bit of aggressive with it. So uh, just bear with me. We're going to be just fine. Could you please stop paying or I would, I would be like, who could, could, in the you... fuck did you let cut your grass? These motherfuckers that cut your grass <laughs> fucked up. They cut it way too fucking low. I can't believe it. Don't you ever let them on your fucking yard again. Either that. Could you please stop paying me naked, too, by the way? Please. Yeah. Uh, and you know, for me. To... So, Matt, so, Matt your, distri- your, your description of exactly that I got a little aggressive. That's exactly mm-hmm. how I've been explaining it to people. Like, so my neighbors have been like, they've noticed the the difference. It's like, man, your lawn is like really green now. It wasn't like that a couple of weeks ago. Like, what, what's going on? Like, everybody wanted to say That's something, you, you, but they, you, didn't you want, gotta, they didn't want to say something. You got to lean right into that. Be like, I knew exactly what I was doing. Are you kidding me? Like, I was yeah, like, oh, like, man. I, I was like, I just pushed the limit a little bit. I got a little aggressive, and um, it didn't quite like that. So, I mean, yeah. But look at you it can now. touch it if you it, want. I'll take your picture it. touching it. But you know what? For me, the way I tell people is I'll tell people, hey, 
it's going to look like I killed your yard. All right? I tell it just like that. It's going to look like I killed your freaking yard. <laughs> I really want where I, I need Ray to wear a body camera. I wish camera. Ray was my doctor. I, I want Ray. Yeah. Listen, we're going to cut your whole fucking leg off, but you know what? The cancer's not coming back. I mean, there's just no way about it. You yeah. Have you seen the wonderful things you're doing with prosthetics these days? <laughs> but you know what? I tell you're going to deal that. with it, or you're going to get my boot up your ass. Yeah. It's like, you can function because, fine with one fucking kidney, okay? Yeah, because here's, here's all of these applications where... Things don't happen because, and the reason why I can talk is because for the longest time, people in Hawaii are used to a weed control application being a combination of MSMA and three-way, for example. They're used to that. Okay? Or they're used to... Having their lawn broadcast sprayed with MSMA plus image. So, if the lawn is a little singed after I'm done, and as long as I I know that the grass is going to grow back out of it, it's okay. It's They're okay. They're good with it. Nothing new. They're good with it. But then, in cases where, uh, you know, the lawn singes and I wasn't expecting it. Hey, I just fess up to it. I'll say, mm-hmm. I think I got a little carried away here, but it should grow back. You know, it should yeah. grow back. I, I, I say, this is probably going to mow off. And yeah. I'm not lying because I run that mower over it back down to a half an inch. All, all the all the singed areas get cut off, and you don't yep. see it in two weeks. Yeah, but and and, and it, that's exactly what it was here. I mean, I I could yeah. see that it was, it was just some tip burn from about a quarter to a half inch down, and yeah, it, it, by the time yeah, that, by the time I cut it down, we got I put some dumped some water and stuff on it so that it support some good growth and and gave it a a, a little light dose of a fert just to help it along and mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. that that was, that was about it and, and it was three weeks it, w- it was three weeks and it was better than and, it was before i honestly it you was know, better than it was before and you know cam on applications where i know it's going to singe a little bit my practice lately has been to throw in about a tenth of a pound of nitrogen from Umax mm. into the spray. And so what happens there is that nitrogen from the Umax is going to be there right when the grass comes out of that application. It hits, mm. grass greens up, grass starts growing again. And of course, the weeds are looking like uh, I went nuclear on them. Everybody's happy. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. happy. I mean, yeah. so. There's ways, and and I, and, and I think uh, so. So my my philosophy has been like I will try a lot of like I said, this was a new fert, something new that I was trying. Um, mm-hmm. I'm always my own guinea pig first. 
Yeah, um, first. I mean, I've, I've I've got a couple of. I mean, I got three sections that I can work with. I can work with my test mm-hmm. plot, my front yard, my back, whatever. Um, whenever I'm trying to advance something or I want to add something to a program, I can try it at home first. If I burn my own mm-hmm. lawn up, I, I'm better off with that um, because mm-hmm. I've got that option. Um, when it comes to making other applications, uh, like. I've got my clients on a program um, that has been working for some time that I've vetted and I've validated. And unless I run up against something, and for the most part, it it probably wouldn't be from a fertilizer problem. Um, that fertilizer program that they're on is pretty is pretty set. I've I've been running it for a while. I've seen the results. And uh, even in a couple of different uh, soil conditions, yeah, soil conditions and everything else. And it's been pretty stable. Um, So as far as that goes, like for my customers, I would definitely try something out on my own lawn, which is what I was doing here because I was thinking about (laughs) it. I was like, if I can can add this in, this would potentially be like my spoon feeding summer type of fertilizer applications that I could make. And from a cost perspective, I was like, huh, this could be a, this could be a benefit. Yeah. So this is what I was, this is why I was kind of looking towards this. I was like, yeah, I got a little, got a little hot on that one. And, and, you know, Cam, this is why, you know, you've, you've known me for a couple of years and I always advocate slightly higher water volumes than average and the reason why i do that is so that i can safely put down meaningful amounts of fertilizer for example and not risk the grass turning orange or black on me right before my eyes i mean because i know that if i want to get spicy with the rate of nitrogen or iron that i want to put down on a lawn Sorry, but my water volume is going up two to five gallons per thousand square foot. Yeah. I'm not going to think I have big bowls because I'm going to cram all of that into about a half a gallon of water per thousand square foot and send it. <laughs> because at that point, you do things <laughs> like that. That is when you're faced with the grass turning black or orange right before your eyes. Whereas for me, I put down a high rate application and like five gallons of water per thousand square foot. The grass takes it. Uh, I get the results that I'm looking for and little to no tip burn. Yeah. You know, I don't create a problem. (laughs) I think that was a part of my problem. Honestly, I think, water volume and i and i i really think that was part of my problem was was water volume i went down it was definitely around that half a gallon mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe maybe mm-hmm. just a little, just slightly just slightly higher than that um, uh-huh. so as i as i stepped back and i started analyzing <laughs> what happened through the scenario i was like yep yeah, that was that was probably a contributor <laughs> um and 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 again just uh 
just just making sure like stuff that needs to get watered in, especially if you're going down on with those lower carrier volumes. Um, just if you need to water it in, make sure you you get that done. And I think that was another part of the thing that kind of contributed to it. And I mean, it's summertime. So then right after that, it gets baked in the sun for 90 degrees after that. Yep. Right. Yep. I'm going to ask mm-hmm. this. If you're spraying low volume, <clears throat> could mm-hmm. you just use an EC meter to check the uh, the concentration of your solution to determine whether or not if you do or do not get water on it, it's potential to burn? You I probably don't know can. What the EC limit of, of most turf grasses would be, but I would say that if you're less than like four, um, you would be fine. You're- Are you familiar with a, with an EC meter? Cam? I am. Oh, I know I am. I'm not, and I was going to ask what I was going to ask about that. I'm not. Super cheap. You can get them on Amazon, and it measures the electrical conductivity of the water. Basically, it's just measuring the amount of salts that are that are in the water, the or the the, okay. the dissolved solids and stuff. Uh, a lot of times, it'll measure electrical conductivity, total dissolved solids, and maybe you have one that measures pH too. I don't know, um, but uh, it, it's used oftentimes in hydroponics where you'll test the EC uh, or the electrical con- conductivity of your your hydroponic water that's recirculating. If it's too concentrated, you're going to burn up your plants. Um, and so effectively you okay. can do the same thing for a foliar application, you know, look, here's a cheap TDS EC and temperature meter right here, 1999. I got one at a local lab supply here and I think I paid nine bucks for it. And, uh, and you know, you just, you dip it in there and if it's less than say four, then chances are you're going to be, you're going to be good to go. Actually okay. over, over the years, I've kind of developed a little rule of thumb where I go by no more than one-tenth of a pound of nitrogen from either urea or ammonium sulfate per gallon of water. And, and that's so, super safe. Like, you can't mess yeah, up with that. Yeah, and, and <laughs> I, I'm talking... I fly a little, a little more squirrely than that. I'll say that. Well, but then let's put it this but way. I probably killed a lot more grass, too. Uh, <laughs> I can... I can safely do do this. I, I would I'd say it's fair. To, for example, real cut turf grass that is also not very heavily watered. So you see, that's like two confounding factors where I don't want to put a hot shot onto grass in that situation because. It might not end well. Exactly. Yeah. The grass is going to do that. <laughs> the grass is going to do that. not everybody wants to sit down with the TI-83 or TI-86 and math out the EC of the water. That is, that is some real deal shit right there. Yeah. I, but, I do appreciate that, but I, I have no desire to do that. When I and, <laughs> you know, as a rule, over the years, I, I figured out that one tenth of a pound per gallon and so what that means is that if i want to apply more than a tenth of a pound of n as a liquid spray i start to multiply the number of gallons that i need per thousand square foot and apply accordingly so if if you yeah go ahead so for example if i want to do a half a pound of n 
mm-hmm. as a spray, that's five me or even ten gallons of water per thousand square foot. Okay. If Okay. Well then alternatively though, if I don't do that and if I have the ability to do so, I am making my application in behind a running irrigation system so that as I'm applying, it is immediately watered in before it has time to dry. I mean, that's the, that's the other way to do it yep. is because at some point in time, I have that little uneasy feeling that is not my four cups of coffee that's telling me that if I leave this on the grass for the next irrigation cycle, I'm going to have orange grass, so I better not. And see, that's what that's what I was about to ask you when I was about to interject. I was like, so what Hell about yeah. irrigation and and being able to add irrigation to it? So that you you answered that one right on. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if I yeah, like I said, if I'm going to do something squirrely, like how's this for a hot application? One pound of urea per thousand square feet in a gallon of water. Oh, bam! I've done a lot of yeah. that. Okay, and that again, that's the kind of thing where I'm spraying it, and as I'm finishing the pass, the irrigation zone is switching on and watering that area. Just okay. saying. <laughs> You know, just saying, I mean. (laughs) Uh, Gentlemen, it is 11 o'clock. We are going to have to move on to the show after the show. Cam, thank you so much for taking the time out of your Thursday evening. I know it's late and uh, and coming to hang out with us. Um, Ray, Ryan, always thank you, of course. Uh, We will be back here on Sunday for the patrons to record our next episode of Burn and Return. And, And, hey, Cam. No more tip burn. Next time, next time, hey, I challenge you. Just one spot. Paint it orange a little bit. And uh, let's, let's see what happens. <laughs> Do it, just figure out what that critical threshold is where you gotta where you reach the orange. Because once you see it, it'll it'll never leave your mind. <laughs> it's one of those because, times you gotta walk at some point, huh? Yeah. And that's right. Because that's like right. likewise, uh, Cam, I know that. If I'm working on well-watered grass that is also going to get irrigation within the next 12 hours, I have pushed it up to two-tenths of a pound of N per gallon. I have done it. But then anything after that, you are basically FAFO unless you have irrigation running right after your spray. Oh, Cam, trust me, we're going we're gonna to talk about pushing the limit here on the after show. <laughs> uh, for those of you that want to tune in to the after show, you can. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash burn and return. Uh, it is adult talk, adult topics, that kind of fun thing uh, where we are going to review different things we found on the Internet and point out what is uh, it, uh, good about it and, uh, and what is ultimately uh, scientifically inaccurate about it and hopefully try to provide some context and have some laughs along the way because we're assholes, not scumbags. At least not all the time. Uh, so if you're into that kind of thing, <laughs> stick around and, and uh, check it out. If you're not, no problem. Feel free to click on and uh, have, a, have a good rest of your evening. For everybody else, we'll catch you on the other side. Have a good one. Mm-hmm.